The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to it. Friday's here. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Well, look who wandered into work. Connor Clark is here. Nice to see you, dude. It's good to be back. Good to see you guys. Tell us about the first week of school real quick. Oh, man. It's your your last first week. Well, kind of, if you don't count second semester. It's your, like, last first time coming back from summer break, right? Or first, last time? Whatever it is. It was really hot. Really, really hot. So Wine. A lot of... Love, love, love drinking? No, well, no, not, not quite. <laughs> the way you said it, well. well huh. a, lot of, a lot of class, a lot of, we had three baseball games this week, a lot of sweating, mm-hmm. so, but it was good. It was a good first week, good to get back into the swing of things, and uh, there's a lot of excitement in the air, knowing what's looming pretty much all of next week, so it's good to be back, and, and it's good to be back in here. Nice to see you. Numbers to get in. Connor Clark, uh, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, 489-1240, 489-1240. To join us, can email chris at hailvarsity.com is the email. Watch the show. Stream us, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel, Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed, and the KFOR Facebook and Twitter is there. Uh, we are wheels up to Minneapolis Wednesday and uh, we'll be coming to you live from The Graduate uh, in Minneapolis, right across the street from Gopher Land for, uh, for Wednesday and for Thursday. So we are excited to be bringing you coverage from Minneapolis. Uh, big game, just, just a giant game for Nebraska. Not end-all, be-all, but great opportunity as you see it. If you're P.J. Fleck, man, uh, you are buried in a pro sports town. You've done a hell of a good job. You've wanted bigger, better jobs. And for whatever reason, maybe you've been considered but not chosen. And all you do is win, at, at worst, nine games, and you split with either Wisconsin or Iowa. And, man, uh, it's it's going to be a little different for Minnesota this time because a lot of times Minnesota has outwilled you, has outgutted you, and they've outcoached you. They've just done all three, and I don't know that that's going to be a, a given anymore. I don't know that Minnesota v. Nebraska is going to be a situation where they outwill Nebraska anymore moving forward. They outgut Nebraska or out-execute Nebraska, and then for sure, I don't know if Nebraska gets out-coached as much anymore. Uh, so uh, that is one thing on topic that we can get into a little further. Matt Rule with the media earlier today will hear from Coach Rule as he is all set to go. Some more contact for the team this weekend uh, before they take off to, to Minneapolis. Jacob Padilla is going to join us in about 15 minutes, get his take on things with volleyball, high school football, and yes, Nebraska football. In hour two, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor, Bill Dolman, joins us in hour two. Brady Altman's our Husker insider with us in hour two. And then a, a chance to sit down earlier today with new Husker center Ben Scott. 
the transfer from Arizona State. He comes out of uh, St. Louis High in Honolulu. That is where the Riolas went. That is where uh, Marcus Mariota went. And, and all Ben Scott did in high school was go like 46-1. and one. So he's a winner. Nebraska really excited to have him at center. So we'll talk some O-line right there and uh, dive in with him. So here, here's, the, here's the, the question before we dive into depth charts and not to, to wear it out. I mean, this, this is the time of year where, oh, okay, here's who's progressed in camp. Here's who's set to go. Here's who's going to get some, some major playing time for Minnesota. But it is my wife's birthday today. The bunny is 45, all right? Uh, that said, she looks not a day over 37. Uh, she's wonderful. I ask you two gentlemen this. Uh, if I'm taking her to dinner at a place that is going to be way overpriced, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Her, As it should be. her choice, not mine. Uh, yes. Do I need to get her a birthday gift if I'm taking her to dinner? At what point do you punt on the birthday gift? I don't know the last birthday gift I got. Well, Not whining. How long I'm have just you guys being, been married? We have been together, Carrie the One, uh, since before Nebraska's, the, the, the July of the 1995 season. I would probably say yeah to the birthday gift still. What about flowers? That's can I can I audible I, to I think, flowers? I think that would be all if right. I take now, her to dinner? Schmitty, let's be clear. You are taking advice here from Elijah Herbal, who is single, <laughs> and Connor Clark, who is single. So yeah. uh, that should be noted here with this advice. That, well, no, I'm, I'm asking. I want both of your perspectives. So if, if I get screamed at about 7.05 tonight, talk to my guys. I, I took a poll in the room. On the record, I said yes. <laughs> I said yes. Brennan chimes in. Depends if you want to sleep in the bed or on the couch, Smitty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you are buying. The, yeah, there's everyone in the comments. Is, is <laughs> Never punt on the gift. Scott chimes in. Yeah, I love this. He uh, is able to go, look. Never, ever punt on the gift, brother. So, in years past, we'd get her something shiny and sparkly because mm-hmm. she's she likes jewelry. Uh, or we'd go the Coach Prime route and get her some extremely overpriced purse that will end up on some secondary market via the internet a year or two later. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. I, is she listening to this conversation? She, no, right now? but when she's a nurse, so I'm going to get ratted out Monday by some of her doctor buddies, okay. probably. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I have long ago <clears throat> quit doing the clothing thing. Yep. Smart. <laughs> that, that's smart. I'm not married. It's I know that. It's too big. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's too small. Well, sweetie, it's all right. I mean, she's beautiful. She's awesome. I, I absolutely. Lucked out there, so I'm thankful. But I just thought I'd ask. We'll get into football, I promise. But do I still need to get the birthday gift if I'm going to an overpriced restaurant tonight? I, I think if you do just go with flowers, there's got to be a little amendum to add on to there. Maybe it's a, a gift card you'll get a so pedicure just say or yes. something like she that. She just did her feet the other day. I, she so she likes to, pedicures. She beat me to it. Okay, that's why you'll I, get I've the gift card, so whatever mas- she wants. I've gotten her massage stuff, right? Not for me, <laughs> but Happy I've got, I've, yeah, I've gotten her, there's still an unused, like free massage for her, like from two birthdays ago. Mm-hmm. Well, so, a massage isn't a pedicure. I get that. And uh, tie a ribbon around it. Uh, <laughs> well, I- <laughs> 
I'm going to leave that one behind. Uh, that one. Read, reading the comments from Erna. <laughs> I'll throw it up on the screen. That's, that's as much as I want to touch that one. <laughs> and that was a double entendre there with the touch that one. <laughs> hey. Hey-o. Right, Elijah, you're getting muted. Thank you, Howard. Thank you, Howard. Uh, <laughs> and and Brennan's suggesting the vacuum. I did buy her a vacuum one year, but this was something she wanted. This is not me going Archie Bunker. Okay, here's what I'll say. You've already found out. You already know. She likes going to get a pedicure. Hmm? When was the last time you went and got a pedicure with her? Uh, probably this summer. This summer, mm-hmm. I'm saying you get the gift card along with it anytime you want to go get a pedicure. I've already paid for both you and me. Or should Seashell choose? It is her birthday. That could just be then two pedicures for her. Along with some flowers, along with dinner. I think you're avoiding sleeping on the couch with that. I think what we do is we go to go get a third dog, a second German shepherd to raise <laughs> hell, and uh, just show up with a new family pet. There you go. That'd be hilarious. Vic off the top rope here saying you'd need a tiny ribbon. <laughs> oh. Vic, you just stick to your whiskey. He, he also says you could get her a bottle of Templeton, a no-lose situation. That is. Either it gets thrown at me and I catch it and I limp off or um, I, uh, she shares it with me. All right, let's dive in. Fellas, let's hit uh, some, some depth chart and go from there. And I'll take birthday gift suggestions. can do so in the stream or email uh, Hail Varsity YouTube channel or Chris at HailVarsity.com birthday gift suggestions for my wife and just save yourself the time uh not a new husband or uh you know a uh, a tinder uh profile for her you know just, just let's just not do that uh at my expense but so far so good everybody's ready for uh, for friday and yes or no on on the the unofficial straw poll at what point do you stop doing birthday gifts and you never pun on the gift i, I think that's sound advice let me just be real honest with you i, I haven't got fair. i have not gotten out it's been a crazy week i have not gotten her anything yet i mm. uh, said uh, aside from the uh, the restaurant we're going to tonight and we're going with friends so it's going to be great she's more excited about the company that's going to be there and she should be i'm just the atm tonight for her so well eric with the perfect football um Reference here, Eric Francis. Tell her I'm going to Minnesota for five days. No, he says you've already outkicked your coverage. Don't commit a penalty to boot. That is right. It's It's about playing good, clean football. First and 10, now first and 15. Uh, Let's just play along right there. But guys, depth chart. We talked Nebraska. And you've got some young guys on the Nebraska roster that have a chance to play. They've earned that chance to play. Not a lot of surprises, really, for Nebraska and uh, where they're going to be. I mean, Anthony Grant in at third, or or the or part. I'll tell you what, two guys that, that Rule touched on today that are wow guys that are going to need to be wow guys this season from a consistency standpoint, not just a performance standpoint, is, is, is Omar and uh, Anthony Grant. Okay, those are the two guys that I think could, could really elevate this football team from really good and difference-making plays to uh, can you do it? Can you do the routine? We know that you can do the spectacular. I think Omar's had a good camp. He's made some nice plays. But are you, 
are you locked in every single play? No one's perfect, not just singling him out. Grant, the same way, can take it to the house one play, false start the next, or if he gets hit, uh, fumble the football, and, and that clearly is a carrot in front of him, some motivation. Well, yeah, and that's, that's honestly kind of how I see him being third place on the depth chart is, is I think he's still going to get play time, but it's a, it's a motivating factor. In my humble opinion, I look at the depth chart. The first depth chart of the year has some motivating factors to it. I think whenever you look at the starters, I mean, yeah, that's who I'm expecting to see next week. But there are some interesting names that I see. First off, I know he's coming back from injury, but you see Teddy Prohoshka down at third in the left Mm -hmm. tackle spot. It's interesting that among the entire offensive line, that's the only position group that they have the only position, the left tackle spot, that they have three guys listed, which I think would lend you to believe that they believe Teddy's going to move up that depth chart as the year goes on. But as of right now, Gunner's the backup guy, which I think kind of lets you know, clues you in on, on how they're trying to ease Teddy Prohaska back with the, the health situation. Can be patient. It's not when he thinks he's ready. It's when we when, when they know he's ready. I mean, it also lets you know how they feel about Gunner Gattulo. We saw him in the spring game. He's a guy that's been around football his entire life. I still got a little bit of work to do in his body as he's still under 300 pounds, but I think they really like what they have in him, and I wouldn't be surprised if if he's a guy that ends up burning his redshirt this year despite the fact that he's a true freshman. If they get him into some games early in the year, those Louisiana Tech, Northern Illinois, cross your fingers, Colorado, if you can get him in games like that, towards the end of the year the Big Ten season becomes a, a drag and a real mosh pit for your, your offensive line. Does he get in based on injuries? Uh, so I think that's an interesting one to look at. The other one to look at, is the or on the Jack linebacker with MJ Sherman and Chief Borders? How much of an or is that? I mean, it's alphabetical right now because they're both co ones. It looks like per rule, but that's a nice problem to have. But that's the aside from your place kicker one. That's the only or on a starting position aside from the the Blaze Gunnarsson and Cam Linhart, which I think is more of a freshman's to experience guy type sure. discussion. I think you're probably going to have Blaze being the guy that starts that, and hey, Cam Linhart's going to get a lot of snaps too, so we'll put him down as an or. Uh, at the Jack linebacker spot, obviously you're going to be rotating a lot, but I do wonder who the first guy to actually step on the field is. Is, is Chief Borders made that big of a step? Because we all liked what we've seen from MJ Sherman, both in the spring game, what type of leadership he's brought to the field. That was an interesting one to me that I didn't quite see coming. And then the safety spot, you laid out Omar Brown. Mm-hmm. You wonder what is Marquise Buford's status going to be whenever he comes back and he's a, he's a full go because that's the safety spot he'd likely slot into. How much is that Omar Brown being number one because you like what he's going to be for the whole year? Is that just a placeholder spot until Marquise Buford comes back? Because he's an experienced guy. He's played a lot of football. He's seen it all. It's mostly at Northern Iowa. But if you remember, he was an FCS All-American before he transferred to Nebraska. He's big time. It's just about consistency. Mm -hmm. And and with, you know, you talk about the the injury situation to Buford. I mean, that's that's a, a big talking point today for Rule. And we talk about not rushing a guy back. They are going to be extra extra cautious and careful with Buford so that it's there for uh, Nebraska to to get some productivity out of Omar Brown I'm excited to see Singleton mm. uh, I mean it, it's not like he was hyped all year and then here it's go time I mean he was a he was a guy that's been talked about recently with his jump and his his speed his ability and his physicality I mean all of that is is really big. Nebraska has options in that and, back end, despite some of the departures or injuries. And Deshaun Singleton was a guy that I laid out as being a, a likely starter whenever the Miles Farmer departure happened because of how his frame really matches up with Miles Farmer. 6'3", 205. I think Farmer came in at six foot four on the official depth chart from last year, but that's a guy that's a body match. He was a, a star, really, at, at Hutch Juco College out in Iowa. 
uh, really, really did well out there. And that was a big recruiting get for Nebraska last year. The fact that he's stepping in an instant starter, I think the coaching staff really likes what they have. 489-1240, we have Brent chiming in. He joined us on Saturday morning, the weekend edition, back tomorrow morning around 745. He's like, hey, fellas, I appreciate the invite to have my wife on the program, but I won't allow it for your protection. She's a health coach and pretty good at these Zoom call things. Uh, she'd have you whipped into to shape. Into doing her program. Which is fine. I mean, these two guys are young, but I'm always one that needs to get in a little bit better shape. We'll talk to Jacob Padilla next. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We say hi to Jacob Padilla. Hale Varsity is, uh, can find him on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, a jam-packed weekend for you between high school football and, yes, volleyball back in action. How are we doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, yes, that time of year is uh, kind of the last few weeks of kind of preseason camp and everything for all these sports tends to drag on a little bit. So excited to uh, finally be here where we can actually stop talking about stuff that we're thinking we're going to see and actually seeing it. Well, let's let's do some more thinking here and <laughs> you're – your expectations, seeing the volleyball team like you have, we'll go volleyball before football, but what what's fair? And I know that that's a, kind of a loaded question or maybe even an obvious question for Co- Coach Cook and his team. Uh, last week we kind of detailed what Nebraska needs to, to do to be, to be better than, you know, a really good team last year, serving's key. But how are you uh, thinking things will transition from – their training to now performance as they get underway. And I know, of course, Volleyball Day in America looms next Wednesday. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a pretty smooth transition just because of how unique this offseason was with everything that they've been able to do. They've had the full team throughout the spring and summer. They, they, they did the indoor training and the exhibition, and they did the, the, the practices and the trip to Brazil and those matches. Uh, and now they've got the red-white under their belt and three weeks of preseason practice. So they've spent so much time, and they have gotten chances to get out there and actually play and play in front of fans and play in um, packed environments. So while it's, it, this is the first time that the matches will really, really start to count and there's a lot on the line, so there will be a little bit extra pressure from that perspective and or especially for the – the players that are making their debuts, but from a just muscle memory, from a rep standpoint, they're, I think, as prepared as you can possibly be for a team that, that is adding so many newcomers, uh, and many of them are expected to, to be in the rotation. It's Jacob Padilla with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, talking some volleyball before we talk both high school football and Nebraska football. The first depth chart released earlier today, and Jacob, Volleyball Day in Nebraska next Wednesday. The big concern was weather, but I'm not a weatherman. I'm going to knock on wood here. But the uh, the early forecast is 83 degrees and sunny. No rain in the forecast for next Wednesday night. Uh, you're looking forward to Volleyball Day, and what are you looking for from that event? Yeah, and especially, too, with Nebraska playing the later match, that'll, that'll help a little bit. You know, I think at that point, uh, the sun will be low enough that you'll have some shade. A um, little, little worried about just kind of the, the, the first match, the afternoon one, and um, – 
kind of the heat still, the heat and humidity and impacting the conditions and things there. But as far as Nebraska-Omaha, I think uh, fingers crossed it looks like it's going to work out pretty well for them to, to pull this thing off. I know they've got all kinds of uh, contingency plans and everything, but I think everybody's hoping that just plan A will be able to go forward and they'll be able to have um, the kind of the uh, – the spectacle that everybody's expecting to see here. Um, I, we'll see kind of what the volleyball itself actually looks like. We'll see kind of what the wind's like that day, uh, how, how that impacts things. Maybe there will be some sun glares at, at points that might impact things. Um, it's not going to be the perfect conditions that you're going to get, the perfect volleyball, but just that's not what this is about. This is just about putting the sport itself on a pedestal and showing the support for women's athletics in, in this state and kind of showing the, the rise and popularity of a sport like volleyball. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know that we'll see the, uh, the sharpest volleyball we'll see all season, but um, that's not what this is about. It's more about the experience, setting the record, and just something that everybody will be able to say, hey, I was there, I was in the stadium for the, the largest Jacob Padilla is with us here. Hail Varsity at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, get a shift gears. And as you size up uh, some preseason thoughts, Friday Night Lights underway. Uh, I know Southeast and, and uh, Elkhorn South uh, rocking for the uh, the early game. Three of the games in Lincoln moved back to 8 o'clock due to heat. But, you know, with, with the Metro... Uh, is there a, a team that could challenge uh, a West Side or a Bell West in your eyes? Gretna, of course, uh, I mean, you, you've got some some high-level Metro squads. You have some talent in Lincoln. Of course, Central Nebraska, talented. I mean, just a good state of football for Nebraska. But as you go into this 2023 season, who are some teams that, that may be under the radar to some folks out there, but maybe not to you? Yeah, I mean, this weekend will tell us a lot about that because it is a loaded week one. There are so many big matchups, both in Class A and even in Class B. They've got some big ones as well. Um, and even down into Class D, like, you've got some fantastic week one matchups um, that, that'll, I think, be able to show, allow some teams to show, hey, we're, we're, here, to, uh, we're here to make an impact or, hey, maybe we still got some ways to go. And I think one of the big ones is Omaha North and Bellevue West. Uh, the week zero game, Bell West didn't look as sharp as maybe some people probably expected. Didn't really connect on any of the deep stuff, but it, um, Korean Prep was also daring them to, to beat them underneath. They were kind of loading up on the back end and making it difficult to, to get that stuff going. So um, we'll see kind of with a week under the belt, kind of is Bell West going to look a little bit sharper? And then uh, Omaha North, they've got a quarterback with a lot of rest under his belt now in Sebastian Circo. They've got some athletes on the outside. Um, they've got some big-time defensive linemen. Obviously, Tyson Terry committed to Nebraska uh, on, on the line there. Um, they, they've got a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of pieces that can can the whole thing come together uh, and, and challenge those. See that week one. So I think Omaha North is one to to watch, especially this week because they, they do paint uh, Bellevue West. Jacob Padilla is with us on Hill Varsity Radio. And, Jacob, moving over to Nebraska football, we got our first depth chart of the year, six days out of game one. Any either, A, surprises, or B, takeaways from your first look at that? Yeah, nothing too earth-shattering. Like I tweeted out a few thoughts earlier if you want to check that out. But I think 
basically, if you were paying attention to a lot of what we were told or a lot of what people were hearing, uh, people around the beat, a lot of that played out in the depth chart as far as kind of um, who the starters are and who were talked about as being in the mix as far as top backup, who some of the kind of the oars were. All that was kind of like Matt Rule, <laughs> kind of refreshing. Matt Rule is pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. Um, and he basically told us a lot of what we we're going to see on, on that depth chart. Uh, I think interesting is kind of who are filling in the backup spots in, in the secondary with Corey Collier and Kobe Brett, the safety, second string safety behind Deshaun Singleton and Omar Brown. Uh, and, and then, uh, at, uh, uh, flipping my mind right now, who the other corner? Oh, Dwight Boodle, that's right. Um, freshman Dwight Boodle coming in and back up a cornerback spot behind Malcolm Hartsog as well. So you got three kind of fresh faces, guys that haven't really played much, earning uh, spots on the duty there in the secondary. I wasn't shocked to see Anthony Grant third on the step chart of running back. I mean, we'll kind of essentially set that to a certain degree. I personally, I don't think that, like, I, I still bet on him being among the top two in terms of just carries uh, by the end of the season. Um I, I assume I think he'll once he get out there in the game he'll kind of finish up or fix up some of the stuff that maybe uh, I think the, the coach of the home under a pretty high standard right now, um, but I think he's talented enough and that he'll uh, shore up some of the ball security issues. Still be a major part of that running game, um, so I wasn't surprised to see that. I guess Sam Sledge uh, as a true freshman backup left guard. We've heard about Gunnar Tula and working at that tackle there with the, the, the Hawkeye situation, but haven't really heard a ton about the interior spots outside of the experienced guys. So um, I think that that stood out to me as well. Uh, as a guy, I, I was really high on him coming out of training prep, um, and not surprised to always see him do it well early. Jacob, call your shot with that offensive line. You got a couple of true freshmen on the two deep. And, and that's something we've talked about with the O-line depth this year is what happens if a true freshman has to step up and start a game. Call your shot. Does a true freshman start a game on the offensive line for Nebraska this year, either due to injury or due to, to maybe poor performance, giving the freshman a shot? Because Matt Rule's shown he's not afraid of getting his young guys on the field early. Hmm. I all guess not. Um, I think they've got enough bodies up there, veteran guys, that one guy gets hurt got another veteran guy to kind of plug in there. But if they start getting two, three guys go down, then that's when uh, maybe that, that's where you start to see the young guys there. But I'll, I'll, I'll feel a little optimistic and say, no, you don't see a true freshman start, but you'll definitely see one or two of those guys getting reps uh, at different points. Jacob, uh, appreciate your coverage, bud. Thanks for what you're doing and covering volleyball and high school football and Excited to, to see your work as well with Husker football. Jacob Badilla with Hale Varsity at Jacob Badilla underscore. Jacob, we'll talk uh, next week and gear up for some volleyball, all right? All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Good to hear from Jacob. We'll uh, check in with Bill Dolman and then Husker Center Ben Scott one hour from now. Columbus. Ben Scott's got a lot of family and friends in the Columbus and Columbus surrounding areas. So, our chat with Ben Scott around 540. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Hale Varsity Radio. And can dial up 489-1240 or Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Let's hear from Coach Rule. And uh, he kind of kicked off the press conference today 
talking about uh, that, that trust factor. Uh, we, we now have the depth charts, some of those guys that have earned that trust. Here's Coach Rule, cut one. Uh, you know, I think anytime you have a new coach coming in, there's just a lot of anxiousness and anxiety. They just went head coach. You know, they went from Scott to Mickey, kind of got comfortable with Mickey, then all of a sudden I show up, you know, it's, hey, does this guy really want us here? What's he going to do? Um, so there's probably just a lot of, like, has, has, you know, hesitation, hesitant, well, I don't know the right words, hesitation. Um, probably a lot of just anxiety about what's the future going to hold, where do I fit? Um, I think everyone's very clearly, I think everything's pretty transparent. You know, we want to have a very positive, stable, transparent environment, a very challenging environment. Like, you know, we're not, I say, you heard me say before, like, we're a caring, not coddling place. But um, I just think that, they, you know, they kind of know where we stand. Everyone knows where they stand. They know what's expected. So I think we've come a long way in that regard. That's big. And it's one thing to talk about it. It's another to enforce it. And then you have to have that acceptance. Guys are accepting how it is and what it's going to be. And we'll have more from Coach Rule uh, in about three minutes or so. But really just the he's been great about telling the guys the why. And if you've heard him talk on here or just whatever video you catch of him, he lays that out. He explains the why, and then he kind of shows it with how the prep is. That'll be a monster difference maker in Nebraska's preparation for Thursday. Hail Varsity continues. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hail Varsity Radio. Pointing at Elijah Herbal right now. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Bill Dolman. And are you in Bill's class? Yes. It may be pinata time. Are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> it for was you, pinata for, time for on you, Monday. For you, not for me. <laughs> yeah. It, How was that? It was good. Uh, did my he make class, you sit up front? No, luckily. But he did bash <laughs> me for being a Cubs fan again. So that was uh, definitely expected. And the class this time around, instead of being an hour 15, is an hour 50. But you're timing it. Which probably hurts his feelings. I'm trying to get out of there as quickly as I can. A vicious mother. What quote is that from? What movie? A vicious mother. A vicious mother. And I'm not. I'm not editing. I could not tell you, fellas. Homework for the weekend. Animal House. Oh. I've seen the movie. It's. It. I've. I've never been able to quote it. Oh, it's great. Right when uh, they're doing the ROTC stuff. <laughs> He's screaming at all the pledges. A vicious mother, isn't he? <laughs> Check her out. Oh, yeah, it's over your head. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll try and do my homework. This I've never true. seen the movie. It's been a while. My, that was like my dad made sure to show me that in high school before I went off to college. Oh, my brother and I watched it. It was great. We were in junior high. At least I was. He was not quite there and was frowned upon by some. Okay, no, back to football. Uh, growing pains. Let's get into that. That was a topic we hit this week, and Coach Rule talks a little bit about the, the difficulties of growing pains into year one. Yeah, we won't know truly who we are till we play a game and probably a couple games, right? You know, my challenge to them has been don't get to game four and game five and have the all set everything slow down and have the light come on. Like, try to do it now. It's like, you know, you know the, the all-in shows of you know, some of the things have gotten out that I've said. You know, I talk a little bit about, you know, getting getting to that first game and there being a messy front end. There's also a messy front end to each season and a messy front end to a new coach. 
next year will be so much easier. The guys will know what to expect. Every day that they walk into them, they're kind of like, okay, what are we doing today, coach? And they're such good kids. Like, you know, I had some kids at Temple that were kind of like, well, whatever, whatever you do, I'm going to these guys want to do everything right. And so I want them to prepare up into the game. But um, what, what I need to find out is, are they going to be the type of team that just that just goes out and plays and doesn't worry about what happens? That's the only way you can play this game is not to worry about the score, just go play. And so we talk about it all the time. I've seen them do it in practice. Will they do it in the game? That's the challenge. That's a challenge for me. That's a challenge for them. It's a question mark. And, and I think if I'm betting man, and uh, Coach Brett's on his way to the casino right now to put some MLB heat down, it sounds like. He emailed in Chris at HaleVarsity.com. I don't know if Bert is uh, betting on the Cubs or not. But w- with, uh, with Nebraska and, and who are they, guys, I'm interested to see what's real on the offense and what's real with the offensive line. I'm, I'm excited for Nebraska fans that Nebraska wants to be physical and Nebraska wants to run the football and have the, uh, the, the mobility option with quarterback. All that's great. And I'm glad that the Bullocks are balling. I loved watching them play ball in high school. And I'm glad there's a Billy Kemp around. I'm glad there's a Fedoni that's healthy. But I, I am... I am concerned, and it's probably just, you know, first game jitters, or if you're trying to prognosticate, what's the offense going to do? Mm. What I mean, right? What are we going to be? That's a great take, and Rule's very honest about it. I, I think I know what the defense is going to be, and that's just raising hell. And it could be great, and then they could get hit a couple, three times for a bust. Well, kicking game. Thursday may come down to a field goal. And oh, no. one of the kickers, well, yeah, exactly, <laughs> oh, no. And I think one of the kickers was 0 for 3 in pressure moments uh, with the night scrimmage last night. So that's problematic. And I don't know, man, the offense to me is, you know, are you, are you getting good leadership? Yeah, everyone says so. But in the, in the heat of the moment, if, if Jeff Sims needs to scream at someone and, and, and not overreact, on a small thing, but really get after guys to pull them together. He needs to, he needs to to be comfortable doing that. Well, with with Satterfield in the box, yeah, I mean, I think there's leaders on that defense. We've seen that from a look in. Who's your leader going to be on offense? And we've hit it plenty within the past week, week and a half. How many question marks there are on the offense? And who's going to go make a play for you, yeah, dude? And, and we had the question yesterday. What are you confident in? One thing I'm confident in with the offense is that they'll be able to run the football with more effectiveness than they did yes. last year. That that I don't think is a, a very high bar to reach. I do believe. <laughs> no kidding. Right? I mean, I, I do believe. Whenever I hear that the offensive line has shown improvement, yeah, I believe that. But are they going to be nasty enough that you can go run the football whenever the defense knows more than likely you're going to be running the football? Whenever it's a seven point lead in the fourth quarter, a three point lead in the fourth quarter, and you know you need to rely on your ground attack, are you going to be good enough to go do that? Because that's the difference between a team that's bowl eligible that gets to six and six and a team that's going to reach nine and three or ten and two is is especially in the big ten can you run the ball and can you execute what you want to execute even when the defense knows it's coming then you always hear the stories from the 90s yeah the offensive lineman got up there in the first half and they're telling the defensive line where their ball is coming hey fanny i'm running it right at you (laughs) and they could still go out and execute and that's another level that's that's national championship contender level that's not where nebraska needs to be soon um but can you go whenever the defense knows hey it's Second and six right here. It's the fourth quarter. They have the lead. They're going to be running the football. Can you still go out and execute and pick up four or five yards and get yourself into a third and short? Right, and I think when you talk about a guy who's going to be leaned on to go make a play when you need it, 
and you talk about running is your quarterback. But also, I think it's going to be whoever your number one guy is at running back, mm. which right now it's Gabe Irvin. Mm. So I think they're going to probably lean on him a little bit to say, hey, we need these four yards. And even if you don't get a great block up front, you got to try and get there, right? Turn so, it out. Yeah. So at the end of the day, yes, the offensive line has to be physical. They've got to be the leaders, especially when you're running the football. But you got to have that physical back as well. They got to be able to bounce off a tackle or two, especially against a Minnesota defense like this. I mean, they've been very good at the line of scrimmage over the past handful of years, like a lot of teams on your schedule have. So if you're able to give the ball to Irvin, or if it's Ramir late in the game, or maybe even it's Anthony Grant down the line, I mean, you got to lean on one of those guys to make sure that they can pick up a four or five yard carry when you really need it, take care of the football and maybe bounce off a tackle or two. Let's hear, let's squeeze in Coach Rule one more time. Hopes for next week. I think there's time here. Cut nine. I'm, I'm confident that we're going to play hard. I'm confident that we're going to be a physical team. I'm confident that uh, if things don't go well early, that we're not going to panic. I'm confident that if things do go well early, we're not going to celebrate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like our guy, I think our guys understand that this is a 60-minute game and this is a 12-game season. Um, and I'm confident we'll have fun together. You know, um, my wife, uh, she knows me really well, obviously, right? And she said to me, she said, no, they're not going to be all stressed out, are you? Like, go have fun. And this is the type of team you can go have fun with. Like, you really can't. You know, like, you know, I've had some of the teams, like, I'm like, you know, on, on top of everything. This is the type of team you can go have fun with. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be loose and I'm going to go play. And, um, you know, what, what better thing to go play a, 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 an opponent like this, you know, that goes to bowl games every year and uh, has success. And so um, it'll be a great way to test ourselves. But, you know, again, to going back to Steve's question about late in the game and all those things, you know, we're, we're going to be a team. I don't know when. We're going to be a team that plays our best football in the fourth quarter. You know, Coach Osborne came up the other day and just wanted to, you know, <laughs> what an unbelievable man. Just wanted to shake my hand and wish me luck. And, we started asking him about Minnesota and started asking about some other things, you know. And um, at the end of the day, at the end, he was like, you know, we always wanted to be a team. You know, his his Cornhuskers that won the fourth quarter was the best team in the fourth quarter, and that's what we've been preaching since day one. So again, when the as I tell our guys, when the ethos of who we are matches the legacy of what came before us, then we can build a legacy that comes after us. And um, you know, this is a really good team. I don't know if we'll be the best team in the fourth quarter, but I can tell you that we will be trying to play our best football then. So if we do that, we're well on our way to being a team that can compete for for wins and championships and bowl games and all the things that we want to have happen eventually. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. Make sure you get the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, the segments you want or the entire show on your timeline. Yes, the YouTube channel is perfect as well to watch the show. Hail Varsity YouTube can check that out. Subscribe to that channel and uh, replays always posted for you and uh, live as well with the Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. Elijah, any surprises? Connor, any surprises with the Brett McMurphy list of Big Ten coaches and their favorite music acts? We'll have more from Coach Rule next hour. Ben Scott also joins us, Husker starting center. Uh, big time for Matt Rule, Dave Matthews guy. I'd like to ask him how many times he's had a chance to see Dave. Yeah, and I, I, I actually sent that over to our good friend Michael Dixon with the Salt Dogs. He's probably the biggest Dave Matthews band that fan I know. The funny thing about that is... Another producer, people, Bobby Hessling, and I were talking with Michael about 
how he likes Dave Matthews Band earlier today. Okay. Okay, he loves it. And I sent it over to Michael, and Michael's now, he said, firmly on the, the Matt Roll bandwagon. Love Matt Roll. I've always loved Matt Roll. Yes, especially. <laughs> so, but. The I biggest mean, surprise to me is I think James Franklin putting down Jay Z. I respect that. For some reason, I was thinking like James Franklin was going to be a weird goofball and have like Mumford and Sons or Simon and Garfunkel <laughs> or some weird like folk band like that. For some reason, some I just Some damn like James hippie Franklin. music. Basically, yeah. Like I can totally see James Franklin riding around in his trunk listening to like Simon and Garfunkel. Ryan Day and Greg Schiano, I think, were the two most predictable out of all of them. I mean, the fact that Ryan Day's favorite is Morgan Wallen does not mm-hmm. shock me whatsoever. And then Greg Schiano is the most New Jersey guy ever putting down Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, yeah well, I mean... You, you don't get any more New Jersey than that. Greg Schiano uh, wakes up, gets in his SUV, goes to a diner, mm-hmm. yep. uh, while playing Bruce Springsteen, has a killer breakfast at said diner, then goes to the gym, and uh, rinse, repeat. I mean, that's his day. I would think so. There's so many diners in Jersey, I'm told, and you listen to Bruce Springsteen while you're you're weaving through uh, the Garden State. Uh, Brett emails in, uh, Dave Matthews' band sucks, so do the Cubs. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's some folks there that aren't into Dave Matthews. I get it, but haven't seen him, I don't know, 12, 13 times with uh, Jeff the Pharmacist. I mean, it's been awesome. It's been a lot of a lot of good shows, especially when I get to catch him uh, doing acoustic. I think that's incredible. Uh, objectively speaking here, though, when you look back at the list, the funniest answer is Jim Harbaugh going with Alanis Morissette. But he said that. I, I, yes. Did, did I tell he, you that? He said it before, but that's just funny. No, he loves Alanis Morissette. He was in the hallway. He was in the hallway. I was doing a, a show hit for Lars, Lars Anderson's mm-hmm. show. And I said, Harbaugh's talking with... Somebody from from the Action Network, and I'm coming out of the bathroom, and Harbaugh's standing there with his security, <laughs> and he's like, oh, "I really like Alanis Morissette, and I like Hootie, and I kid you not." I and that. and and Alanis, and I told you that when we got back from media days. Yeah. I came back from the can, I put the headset on, it's like, dude, Jim Harbaugh loves Alanis Morissette, and I don't dislike her. I like her acoustic stuff that she did on Howard Stern. A little bit more than the jagged, whatever the jagged little pill that sold fourteen billion. Uh, Kirk Ferentz, uh, Pat Green, Brett Bielema, Justin Moore, Morgan Wallen for Ryan Day. A couple of Prince on there too. Yeah, Prince for both Ryan Walters and Mel Tucker, and then Luke Fickle with Zach Bryan. I love Zach Bryan, so I'm fully behind that answer. That's not bad, but good for uh, good for uh, Coach Rule being a Dave Matthews fan. Bill Dolman loves him some Van Halen. He's on the way next hour. He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a 6 ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We say hi to the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor, Bill Dolman with us. And Bill Dolman. Find him on Twitter. Can watch the show here. Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Billy D, first week of class. Dude, it's good to see you. And, and we're uh, less than a week away from kickoff. What's new? You're muted, cowboy. He's not muted, unfortunately. That's the problem here. Uh-oh. Well, he's not muted on the board. 
Timeout. It's a 30, 30 seconds. It's a 30. It's a 30. Okay. It's a 30 second timeout. F. Okay. <laughs> you're, you're giving him an I'm F. I'm giving him. He gave He's me going four to, on Monday. Figuratively. Wait, he gave you a 4%? Wow. No, no. He gave me four Fs. Oh. Did you deserve any of them? Maybe. Uh, I would say I probably didn't deserve like two of them. Two of them, okay. So, Bill Dolman's gotten sign language with uh, this year. Uh, he's going to tell Connor he's going to get a 1% next time. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Bill, do we got you? Maybe? I don't know. Mm. We can read lips. And it is uh, Bobby nighttime. Um, so, what we're going to do is we're going to get Bill on the phone, allegedly, and go from there. What do you think's going on here? Is he searching? Not even... <laughs> that was rough we're just gonna pause i think if there's any consolation to that that bill dolman there going sign language he could have gone on, oh, on, oh, oh, whoa, go whoa. i think we have a good chance here bill do we have you i hope so yeah Yay. there we go the beauty of technology so we're talking about nebraska minnesota bill we've got a clip here from rule today i want to play it for you I want to get your reaction to uh, to just that that mindset mentality. You with Husker Vision and the Tom Osborne Show for so many years, you were on all the the road trips. You saw the hostile environments that that Nebraska really made look easy. But here's rule. I think it's cut what nine, mm-hmm. cut nine. Is it playing on the road? Playing on the road. We'll okay. play this for you, Bill. What's your reaction? And uh, it's uh, it's pretty well set up from today's presser. Yes, yeah, so let me say this very carefully. I cannot wait to be at home in front of our fans, okay, and to experience that. That will be like a bucket list item for my family and I. Just, you know, to, I've never, I've never coached in an environment like that. It's like my home environment, right? Like that many people, that many. So I can't wait for that. With that being said, I love to be on the road, okay. I love being on the road. I love being in the hotel. I love. I, Make sure Julie understands. I'm not, I love being at home, but I, I love being in a hotel bed. I love like being around the guys. I love everyone in the, seeing the guys in the elevators. We come down the, you know, I love, you know, we go see a movie. I love going to the movie. I just love being on the road and having it just kind of be us. Like, I love like I love like getting to like some ugly locker room and trying to figure out like where my locker is and like you know and then walking out in the field and you know they don't know who i am they stop me so i'm showing me your pass and i gotta get out there i get it you know i mean i love all that i like it's just kind of like us against the world you know what i mean together so now i know obviously here we'll travel well which will be awesome right but i just love that being sequestered and being together and that's what we did at selic right and so the team that was playing at selic is the team that i want to show up on 831 and play out there sir you had something i don't want me so that was rule and that road mentality Bill, uh, does that sound similar to what you were able to at least see for so many years? Uh, teams that didn't go on the road and flinch, let alone sweat? Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I, I think that's, you know, being on the road can be a, a very positive experience if you have good team chemistry and camaraderie and that you have fostered that well. If you have uh, one playing, you know, the old saying with the, with the Yankees back in, the, you know, some of their heydays, you know, they had one plane and 25 caps. <laughs> yeah. And if that's the case, you know, then it, then it's pretty hard. And it doesn't, you know, the, it doesn't really matter if it's you're going into a really hostile environment, you know, or perceived hostile environment like Texas A&M 
uh, or, or a place uh, like, like Washington, which is the game when I was listening to him talk about this, that's the game that kind of stands out in my mind. And I can elaborate on that in a little bit. But, you know, if you have that, that, that chemistry, that camaraderie and that just enjoyment of being around one another, whether it's the, the clique that you're usually with or that group that you're with in your, uh, your position room, You've got chemistry and that bleeds over into other areas, you know, that, that everybody's kind of hanging out. They just enjoy each other. Then, then that can be uh, a positive going from Friday night at the hotel to Saturday uh, in, into the game. And it's not just the hostile environments. It's those environments where there is no environment. No Northwestern, the, the Peppermint Snops Bottle Stadium. If you can hear it tip over, there's nobody there. Those are difficult places to play. Purdue's getting a little bit better as they got better on the field. But when there's nobody at a game, those are brutally tough places to play because you can you can just get lost in the lack of atmosphere. But if you enjoy being around each other and playing and you know kicking somebody's ass for four quarters, it's a great afternoon, right? It's a great trip. But that game against uh, Washington and Seattle, you know, that was in 97. And, you know, having been blessed to be on a lot of road trips and, and uh, on the team planes and whatnot when I was, uh, that was one game where they were saying, you know, basically Nebraska has no chance. And Tony Barnhart famously said, if Scott Frost is my quarterback in a situation like that, no thank you. And even though the final score was 27 to 14, Nebraska dominated the first quarter, never let up prove a point. It was a silent stadium other than for the Nebraska fans who were there, which typically makes some of those bad atmosphere stadiums better because there's so many Husker fans. That's why I'd love to have Stanford in the Big Ten. It would be another home game on the West Coast. You know, there would be 50,000 Nebraska fans easy at a game at Stanford and they'd welcome them in with open arms. But uh, I think he's I think he's absolutely right. If you if you have chemistry on your team, it can be a great experience for everybody. And, and Nebraska had that during those great years in the 90s. It's Bill Dolman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Bill, whenever you think back to Nebraska's dominance in the 90s, especially on the road, does that come down to team chemistry or the way in which the team played? Because that Nebraska team in the 90s would beat people down. It's kind of what you think of when you think of what Michigan and Georgia do now. Like, yeah, you might be able to keep it close for the first quarter, but as the game goes on, they're going to wear you down. They're going to take your fans out of it. Which of those factors do you think is is more important to road success? Is it your your team chemistry and your togetherness, or is it just how you play the game? Well, I think one feeds on the other. But you have to have gone through the proper preparation. I'm not going to just say Monday through Friday from January until the kickoff of that game, all of that, that fostering of brotherhood and chemistry for any team in any sport begins when you begin preparations for the new season. And that's where you foster it on those long August days, working out just as a team with nobody around. Right. And so when you trust each other and you know that, that people are putting in that effort to be prepared, there's that accountability. Then you go into the organized fall camps ready to go. And you might have some testy moments, but for the most part, you are all on page. You trust one another. And then when you know that you are prepared and that you can rely on that second team, that third team, that really deep on the depth chart game where you've got to rely on a walk-on quarterback on a wall who to be a top 10 team in Kansas at Kansas State, 
everybody trusted everybody else on that football field that day. And that was another one that was close on the scoreboard, but not close on the field. And that's a great example of chemistry, people rallying around Matt Terman and whatever, whatever was assembled that, that uh, Saturday afternoon on a jury day in Manhattan. They believed that they could get it done no matter who the quarterback was that day. Bill Dolman is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. And when Nebraska goes to play Minnesota on the road, Minnesota will have a big play at some point in the game, right? And the atmosphere will get very, very lively at some point in the game. So what do you look for in an immediate response? Maybe not throughout the game, but say that next drive. Say Minnesota gets a long touchdown. What are you looking for in that immediate response when Nebraska gets the ball right after? No penalties, right? No uh, over-eager, anxious, uh, ill-conceived uh, penalties where, you okay, you get the ball back and you've got it first down and 10 at the 25, second down and 15, first and 15 at the 20. And then you have an incomplete pass and it's third down and 15 or a short gain towards third down and 13 and you're punting the ball back or you make a mistake and you've got a tackle for loss and now you give their defense momentum. You got to punt the ball back on three and out and you don't move the ball at all or flip the field. That to me for this team throughout the season has to be something to avoid. If you get down, don't keep yourself down by making stupid mistakes, at least Flip the field back if you got to give the football back. And I think we all kind of uh, believe that this Nebraska defense is going to be a playmaking defense that, that m- might not find themselves getting – they might give up a big play. But I think consistently, at least early on, we expect that defense to, to kind of carry the day. And as long as they don't make bad plays and give up big plays over and over and give that offense a chance to get into rhythm and not make – just stupid, stupid mistakes. You know, sec- again, I said, I think I said it last week, third down and eight, and you throw a, a four yard out, and you still got to punt the ball away. Avoid that at all costs. No long yardage situations. Bill Dolman's with us. Hail Varsity Radio at Bill Dolman on Twitter is where you find him. And I'm, I'm interested here when push comes to shove in the offensive line, Bill. We talk about adversity. We talk about momentum. We talk about physicality and toughness and being a fourth-quarter team. Rule talked about, I want us to be a fourth-quarter team. I don't know if we are one. I haven't seen us play, and I'm paraphrasing him, or when that happens. How do you feel about Nebraska being in a fourth-quarter game Thursday night and their chances for success? Can they take all of this training and prep, which has been good. They've been prepped up. They've been put in situations except for the real thing. Can they, out of the gate, do something that that past teams haven't been able to do, and that's close the deal? Here's what I hope for the offensive line, and maybe that's what's kind of surfaced as the concern. Uh, I, I think we would all kind of agree that, you had high hopes, but you kind of realized that there is a reality that has set in and that might be a concern. But they talked about using a number of players on both sides of the ball, that it's not just 11 guys on one side and 11 guys on the other side, and that's all we're using, right? Um, that everybody is getting a ton of significant reps in practice, just like the old days with station football. So what Nebraska has to avoid on the offensive line is having five starters who may not necessarily be 
the very best five starters than the you know that they're that they're great players but at least you have some balance between the top two units mm. that when you go from the first team that you're not relying on a third or fourth teamer that just they have to pencil in right okay. that you've got some balance that you have at least 10 maybe 12 solid guys that you can spread out the reps so that when you get into that second half you don't have what we saw in the the second half of the northwestern game yeah the onside kick was bad and you know nebraska shouldn't have lost that fumble upon review and there are a couple of bad moments happy anniversary by the way if you go look back at that second half of the northwestern game and there's that famous photo that I've, i've used in my classes where the northwestern running back is running through a hole and you barely see one Nebraska player in this side of the frame and one Nebraska defensive player in this side of the frame. Granted, that's their offensive line against Nebraska's defensive line, but the point being that Nebraska's linemen cannot get blown out on either side of the ball. And Nebraska's got to be able to to be a stronger football team along the lines in the fourth quarter and that they've got to have some depth, that guys are fresher, that they're not playing 70-plus snaps a game, that maybe they are playing 55 to 60 and that second unit's getting some good quality reps as well so you are fresher in the fourth quarter bill are the lines of scrimmage your biggest question mark as you look ahead to that game next thursday yeah well, without a doubt um you know i think as you, as you again as you just follow along what's been going on in camp everybody loves jeff sims leadership and you know coach osborne said that at the breakfast the other day we got three you know quarterbacks that are all pretty good uh, you know, a trio of running backs that should be fairly significant. And yeah, you know, the, the, the wide receivers don't have the names I think people thought were, that they were going to see on the depth chart today. But everybody's fallen in love with Alex Bullock, right? Um, and the tight ends, you know, we all, Fedoni is pretty good and Borkercher, but, you, you know, you just don't hear a lot about you know, people pointing out the offensive lines and and the offensive line, the defense, I'm not so worried about. I I think that those guys are going to play well. And I think they've got some different guys along there that are going to give a lot of different looks. They're going to play a lot of guys. That's for sure. You just want to see, there's so much of the state and the Nebraska fandom that want to see it happen. And it's a good omen if they can, you know, be in it, and and make some positive gains on the ground against a, a pretty stout front seven. I mean, Minnesota is not going to wow you with flash, but they are meat and potatoes. They are tough. It's a it's a good measuring stick. So, Bill, and, and, and you got a fullback too. Yes, you've got an extra. You've got you know as much as we love it, we you know we're, we can't wait for a fullback trap. You've got an extra blocker in there that we have not seen in the past that that should help. In, uh, in, you know, creating some protection or some holes. Bill, about 15, 20 seconds. How was first week of class with one Connor Clark? Well, I did want to announce that we will be having an intro to insurance sales uh, workshop uh, wow. periodically throughout the semester. So I, I, that's just a reminder. I, I forgot Connor was on the show, um, but I did hear, you know, Elijah congratulate him on what his last first semester. <laughs> Let's pull the reins on that next just Bill, a little I'm not, bit. I'm not a good numbers guy. I don't know how that insurance class would go. Well... Uh, well, there's, there's, the world needs its ditch diggers, too. <laughs> <laughs> Go tend bar. All right, Bill, we'll, been, we'll see you this week. It's been wonderful. We'll see you this weekend. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it. See you, bye. There bye. he is. 
Bill Dolman with us. Brady Oldman's checking in. Ben Scott with us on the way with Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Radio with you on a Friday. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Brady Oldman's with us here momentarily. And uh, I think Vic has dove into the Templeton early and often. Uh, I am drunk enough. Uh, I am drunk on enough roulade that I feel like the D will get more big plays than they give up. That's going to be a ratio to look at. And Rule talked a lot about Minnesota. And uh, let's get there with Rule on Minnesota while we wait on Brady because it is going to be a good test at situational football. But Minnesota has been killer uh, on defense against you, the opponent, third down defense, third down offense. Here is Coach Rule from earlier. Can I get a cut number? Uh, it should say eight, on Minnesota. Eight? Yep. Yeah. We'll do cut eight. There we go. Well, Joe Rossi's a great coach. I've, you know, Joe back, way back at Rutgers, so he's a great coach. And they have really good players, okay? Um, but they, they know what they're doing. You know, I mean, like everything everything is, is – so you, if you're just looking at it as an outsider, it's like, well, they're playing quarters. No, they're – the teams that do that really well, the Iowa's, you know, the, you know the, them, like – Everything has a purpose. You know, you put the back here, you're going to get this, you know, some combination over here. And so a lot of times you face a team like this and you don't really understand their defense. Um, they do such a great job. They play team defense. Everything is funneled to certain players. Everything is put together. And so, you know, I don't, I don't, I've never worked with Joe, but I'm assuming they probably know here's the things that beat us. And they practice those things. You know, my, my defensive coordinator for 10 years was Phil Snow, was uh, one of the best quarters coaches you'd ever see. And, you know, you might be. They might put these things on tape. We would always practice these things because he said, "Hey, these are. This is what's going to beat us." And so, it's um, it's really well put together. They have really good players. They play really, really, really hard, and they have guys at every level. You know what I mean? Like they have they have an elite linebacker. They have an elite safety. They have they have I think four <laughs> elite players up front. And so they're a big physical team. And to your point, um, you know, everyone talks about how much they run the ball, and then you know whether they throw it more. Who knows? What I'll say is they're one of the top teams on third down on offense, and they're one of the top teams on third down on defense. You know, you can say you want to run the ball, but if you can't convert, you're going to be in a lot of third downs when you run the ball. If you can't convert third downs, nothing's going to happen. And so um, they're over 50% on third down offense. You know, right? they're, they're really good on defense on third down. So that's the challenge. If you ask me, hey, Coach, what's the game going to come down to? Besides, like, turnovers, the obvious things, um, can we win some third downs on both sides of the ball against a team that does it really well? Coach Rule there on Minnesota and the third down. We say hi to Brady Oltman's with us at Brady Oltman's on Twitter. Great job of covering Nebraska. Brady, so a thought, my friend, on Rule's comments there. Not not a, a big surprise. Every year we gear up for Minnesota and Nebraska, it is about situational football. It's about turnovers. But I think what's been been impressive about Minnesota has been their their will, and especially their will against Nebraska. They've handled adversity. Uh, they've won in, in all sorts of different ways. They've won with next man up during the COVID year. Minnesota's won with uh, making some response plays. When you think about the uh, the invisible fence at the goal line uh, back in 2021, uh, they were down to uh, to Nebraska 10-0 going into the fourth quarter. They didn't panic. And, and then uh, you look at... Um, the 2019, they blew out Nebraska. They out-toughed Nebraska. 
So what do you think you, you see from Minnesota? What's Nebraska's biggest challenge uh, with Minnesota when it comes to uh, to this matchup Thursday? It's, it's a good table setter for what Matt Rule wants to do because they're going to have to match physicality. They're just going to have to strengthen will. Nebraska will have to will themselves into a ball game. Um, I mean, to your point, Nebraska gave away a lot of games in the last couple of years just for whatever reason. But it, it takes two to play ball game. And Minnesota has done the things right in the long run and have been consistent enough against Nebraska in order to pull out those wins. And I think historically that's why Minnesota is such a, a thorn in the side of Nebraska in recent years. It's they're, they're certainly not flashy. They're certainly not a, a, a vibrant offense, but they just get the job done. And I think that's what Matt Rule and his, his staff and the entire team, what he wants to see right out the gate is at least just don't get outworked. Just don't do the don't do the kind of things and set yourself self up to fail in those situations. They just have they need that consistency and reliability from a team. If you lose because they're just they play better ball, you, you kind of accept that. But rule and the staff will not accept a loss for lack of effort. And so Minnesota poses a pretty good uh, uh, opponent in week one for them right there. And Brady, whenever you look at the the depth chart that was released today, that too deep, the guys that we're expecting to see on the field against Minnesota, a lot of familiar faces, some new faces, but with what we've heard out of fall camp about a lot of these guys in the too deep, how do you feel about Nebraska's chances to go at least match the, the physicality and intensity of a team like Minnesota with the guys they're going to have? Well, you, you kind of divide them up into, or at least I did, into the guys you kind of imagined that would be there, and then there were the surprises. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guys that you imagine would be there are kind of your, your athletic dudes, seasoned veteran who have shown something either through spring or through fall camp that stand out to the coaching staff. The other guys, you know, your Alex Bullocks of the world, they jump out there because they've earned it. Uh, Rule has been very up on Front Street about those guys earning those spots. They are either earn scholarships, reps, or their spot on the depth chart. And, you know, historically speaking, you put a, a walk-on out there, they might not be as talented lining up across from the guy in front of them. But, you know, uh, I, I don't know if I'd particularly bet against them when the snap happens. So, again, it, it goes back to, you you just need that uh, that toughness, that durability, that reliability, and and you know it's like a well, that Muhammad Ali quote: everybody has a plan, or Mike Tyson, everybody has a plan to punch him in the mouth. That's that's kind of the idea there. If you're willing to be up to, up front and show some toughness right away, especially after a grueling fall camp that this team had, whatever Minnesota's got planned, you, they, maybe they see that and say, okay, this is a different Nebraska than we've seen in the last couple of years. Brady Oltmans is with us on Hale Varsity Radio, and we were talking about this earlier in the show about who your pick would be for Nebraska to lean on, the one player. If they need a big play, who would that be for you? Like, who is it going to be Jeff Sims? Is it going to be Gabe Irvin Jr.? Is it going to be somebody on the defense? Who's making that big play? Oh, man. I tend to, to favor Jeff Sims just because Adrian Martinez made so many plays in, in, the, in, some, in a similar way. Uh, especially against Minnesota. I mean, you have a guy that can run a 4-4-40 and he can sling it too. I mean, you the and he's the quarterback, so he gets the ball every play. Like there's there's just so much possibility there, but offensively, if they need to play 
you got to think dynamic. You got to think reliable. Billy Kemp being a you know an all time re- leading receptions guy at, at Virginia, an explosive uh, special teams guy. They're they're going to have to rely on him, and for a guy in the slot to be able to withstand hits like he does over the middle, he can do a whole lot. And if you can open up a defense in the way that Kemp can, that's sure going to help out that run game and help out those big guys up front come the fourth quarter. Brady Oltman's with us. Hail Varsity Radio at Brady Oltman's on Twitter. When you look at Nebraska and, and flex record against Nebraska five and one, how many times do you think Nebraska got out coached? Man, you you'd almost all of say, them. You'd, you'd almost say all of them, just because there's. I mean, there are certainly times where you'd think, you know, Fleck. Not to him. He's definitely done his due diligence to get in this position. But I mean, just you, those boneheaded plays and those almost kind of the things that brought in Husker fan apathy mm-hmm. over the last couple of years. Just those mistakes, the 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 lapses of judgment, or just flags, fumbles, errors, whatever it may be. Those are the kinds of things that Matt Rule and the staff want to coach out. Those are the things that good coaches coach out of teams. And for those things to continually happen, I think you almost game plan out the window. If you're going to lose a game on that, you almost have to tip your hat to the other coach. So I'd say almost fleck every time uh, in the last six. So Brady Oltman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And Brady, this is kind of the, the evergreen question of the day, maybe of the week. As you look ahead to next Thursday night, this is the last time we're going to talk to you Give me something that you're you're confident in seeing next Thursday night from this Husker football team, and give me something that you're you're worried about—a question mark that you think could blow up in Nebraska's face once the uh, the game actually gets going next Thursday night. Well, question mark right away. I will join uh, the good professor Bill Dolman and say the the offensive line. Um, that's there's just so many questions. Uh, I, I do believe that they'll probably be vastly improved. I thought at the, over the course of last season, you saw them improve to the point where against Iowa, they did a pretty good job of stopping a very tough Iowa defensive front for the majority of that game. And I think that they'll probably continue to be better and continue their elevation uh, next Thursday. But first game, you kind of have, you're on the road, a little bit of nerves maybe with a new new offensive system. There are just still so many questions for me where I think that's an easy one to say. But the thing I'd be excited about is just to see the defense in action, just the dynamic ability, the secondary and its movements, your your molding and fluidity within the front seven. I want to see that thing in action. I want to see what they do to match up just in week one or against Minnesota. And then obviously you kind of reset and go from there. But I just want to see how that thing looks in a big time regular season ball game, actually. Brady Oltman's with us. It's Hale Varsity Radio at Brady Oltman's on Twitter. Brady, uh, we talk about some of the the names that are not new on the depth chart to Elijah's point, and then those guys on the depth chart that have surprised. Just kind of encapsulate, I know you've followed them and you've covered them for a lot of years, but just what the, the, the Bullocks kids can do for this football team, what, what, what they're – Aside from their talent and their grittiness, what what else can their impact be uh, when it comes to uh, to the, some some tight ball games on each side of the football? Well, they're they're athletic. Uh, they're athletic on both sides of the ball. Um, the The thing that really stands out to me about them is, you know, you you'd hear uh, Casey Thompson and other Huskers say that Alex Bullock was one of the best route runners that the team had. 
uh, you, you'd hear people in the spring talk about how hard John Bullock works and just the, the, how uh, studious he is to the playbook and to the concepts of a linebacker. For, the, for people who don't, ex for walk-ons at that time, to do that kind of dedication just to the minutiae of the position is really impressive. And now, obviously, within this new coaching staff, you see them elevate and up their game, and now they fit into it where the coaches say, okay, these guys have really, they're putting themselves in a good position. Not only now are they on scholarship, but they're in a good spot to get significant snaps in the, in the opener. And for, and uh, you said not grittiness, but I do have to say, for whatever reason, former walk-ons turned into scholarship players, turned into major contributors. Those dudes are gritty. Those dudes have got some calluses on them and they're willing to hit. I mean, and again, Matt Rule wants Nebraska guys, guys who embody what they want to do. Not, not a whole lot more you can do than native Nebraskans who are willing to put their head in the dirt for Nebraska football. Brady, we'll see you soon. Thanks for the update today. Appreciate you guys. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. A few minutes here, Hale Varsity Radio getting sent for Nebraska, Minnesota. Ben Scott with us here as Huskers gearing up for, uh, well, kickoff. Ben, how's the, the camp been? Is there a exhale that, okay, now you can kind of turn the page and gear up for Minnesota, or are you still kind of focused in on that uh, that 1% you guys talk about getting getting better each day? Yeah, it's kind of more just like a 1% better every day, you know. Um, it was a long camp, like it was pretty brutal, but you know, it's, uh, we're just callousing the mind, callousing the body for the season. And now we can just like look forward to like week by week, just win, win the rep every day and just go week by week. Tell me a little bit about your connection with coach Donnie and, and both Hawaiian and just how he's been able to, to get the best out of you. And also, uh, what you think you've probably brought to this offensive line. Yeah, you know, Coach is really good at um, pushing us every day. And, you know, going through Indy, like I think last practice, we had like 15 minutes of Indy, which like individual period drills and stuff. And, you know, it's really good how we just go like nonstop during that period, like getting game looks and like, but just going full speed on how we should be blocking this every play. And it's, it's good to push us like that so we know how it's supposed to feel and how it's supposed to look. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think we've all done a really good job. Ben Scott, a couple of minutes with us here on Hale Varsity. So the name of the game in the Big Ten is physical football. Do you feel like this line is more physical since the start of camp, since the start of spring? How happy are you with you and the rest of the guys up front? Yeah, you know, I think we've all gotten a lot more physical. And that comes in with just like confidence and like knowing what to do every play and knowing how our block should be and what block we should be making and just having that confidence to go out there and go full speed, knowing what, what we got to do and what the other guy's got to do and how they're going to play it, just having that confidence to go out there and do it. How punishing can this offensive line and running game be? Oh, I think that we can be unstoppable if if we all just do our jobs and all have have the right uh, one set of eyes on every play and have the confidence to go out there. We can, we can really be dangerous. Tell me about, uh, about your quarterback, Mr. Sims, uh, your guys' connection and, and what you think he can do for this offense. You know, Jeff is a really good leader um, in the locker room and on the field, you know, in that huddle. Um, he really did a great job of, of pushing the O-line, but also 
having us uh, calm down, like when uh, when things aren't going our way in practice, you know, he brings us together and really does a great job of bringing us together and uh, going play by play. How do guys respond to the intensity of this camp? Coach Rule wanted to make it tough. Yeah, it was tough, and you know. Um, we had a lot of plays and we were going fast, just like getting that football shape, which really helped us out. You know, at first, like it really took a toll on us. And then after we started callousing, callousing every day, callousing our bodies, um, it really showed like what our mentality has to be every day in order to get better every day. What's it like playing for Coach Donnie? Uh, it's great, you know. He really pushes us to uh, be our best every day, and he really cares about us. You know, he's not just doing this just like to see us get tired every day. You know, we're actually doing stuff that's going to benefit us in the game every day in practice. We're just doing everything that uh, will help us do our job. Who helped you get better at doing your job on the defensive side? Um, going against Nash, going against T. Rob. You know, uh, Luke and John Bullock, you know, those guys every day in practice, you know, uh, especially that defense. I'm going against like a different guy every single time I'm blocking because of the stuff that that they do. And, uh, you know, they really push me to be my best and give me stuff to work on every day. What do you anticipate uh, your first Big Ten game? Um, I'm just going in there confident and I'm studying a lot to know what I got to do and who I'm going against and how we're going to block things. And I'm just going in there confident knowing that if we do our job, good things can happen. Is it fair to say um, a run first football team? Is that the, the mentality? Um, yeah, I think uh, we got to establish the run in order to establish our offense. And, you know, uh, that starts with the O-line. It has to be a mindset of going out there and establishing the run against our opponent. How um, how multiple can this offense be? I mean, is it an offense that is potentially going to give other defenses problems just because of all the things you can do? Yeah, I think our offense is very versatile in that um, um, if, our, if they are going to do something to try and uh, eliminate one of our plays or one of our things, then then we can come back and do something else that will catch them off guard. Ben Scott. Ben, thanks for the time. Thank you. Five good minutes to sit down with the uh, starting center for Nebraska, Ben Scott, and uh, a standout uh, in high school uh, at Arizona State and anchoring that line. Guys, we've talked to enough folks that know line play and they like what Nebraska has with Nuri, with Scott, uh, with Piper, and that could be a strength. Uh, yes, it's a mentality, it's a mindset, but it's also going to need to be a reality for Nebraska. But where where do you want to run the football next Thursday? Where? Preferably up the middle. Sure. No, I, I, <laughs> forward. But, yes, forward. Forward for, for plus yards, forward for short yardage gains, because guess what? It is third and manageable, third mm-hmm. and short. You've got you've to be damn near 80%. I'm not expecting 80% numbers if it's third and eight, third and nine, third and seven. But if it is third and three or less, you got to get those, man. Well, that's going to be a huge indicator for how successful this offense is going to be next week is how many times whenever they get to third down, is it third and less than five? That's that's the number. What's the distance? If it's third and greater than five, I think you're behind the sticks a little bit and the defense knows you're limited in terms of what routes you can run. It has to be a route that's uh, probably breaking it seven to ten yards if it's third and greater than five. If it's not, the world's your oyster. You can run the ball in third and four. Uh, you can call whatever the hell you want. You can run slant routes. You can run screen passes. There's so much you can you more you can do on third and less than five. That's going to be the the indicator to me early in that game. Is is 
is this offense, whenever they get to third down, which they're going to get to third down a good amount, as Matt Rule kind of laid out with how much they want to run the football, where is that yardage on third down? If it's less than five, it means good things for the Husker offense. Let's get a comment from Coach Rule specifically on the simulated game. Nebraska was under the lights getting prepped for this Thursday. I think really two things. Um, just making sure we were under the lights again, making sure that um, our substitutions and all those things that can show up on the first game were as clean as possible. Got some really good work. The guys were really physical. Um, you know, uh, So we worked on our football as well. And I think the biggest thing I told the team is, you know, Coach Paterno used to always tell us you make your biggest jump from game one to game two. I think a lot of old coaches say that. So we don't want to try to do that after next week. We treat it last thing like a game so we can see, hey, where are we deficient? What do we need to improve upon? You can sometimes get to this last week and want to hurry up and get to the game, but we have to maximize every minute to improve. Fair enough. And you treated the under-the-lights practice as a game. So what do you take with you on the positive end into Minnesota. So uh, plenty more as we wind down a Friday edition. Don't forget weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio tomorrow morning, 745. Myself, Mar- myself Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, uh, the Iron Horse will rejoin us. And uh, also make sure you check out the podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Get that. Subscribe to it. Don't cost you anything. The uh, audio you want to hear, the, the the segment you like, or the entire show and uh, the YouTube channel. Hale Varsity YouTube channel is uh, a great uh, asset for you. Uh, all video right there on the digital platform, the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed. Give that a follow at HVarsity Radio. We'll wind down a Friday and get you set for the weekend. Hale Varsity, and we're presented by Currency. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, this Friday edition, it's Hale Varsity Radio. How are you kicking off the weekend? Do you have a cold beer? Are you uh, going to throw something on the grill? Are you just going to run for the AC with the last triple-digit day for a while? You're going to hunker down and watch some volleyball? I totally get it. Uh, taking the wife to dinner shortly for her birthday. With flowers, I would hope. Uh, and yes, and that gift I will card. get her a gift. The uh, suggestions in the inbox, the stream. Abby is like, get her a gift. Scott seconds the motion. All of our friends in the stream are uh, saying, dude, <laughs> we want to see you on the weekend edition. Take care of her. Get her a gift. Well, in theory, if you did sleep on the couch, you'd probably be a lot closer to your weekend setup anyway. <laughs> wow. You're a glass half full kind of guy. <laughs> so, so there's your silver I get lining. Thrown out of my own bed. Uh, just the here, okay. Can I say something about the couch? And there are some nights I will I will volunteer going to the couch because one of us snores like we're a freight train. Don't name names. <clears throat> Me. And the kind thing to do is to just go to the couch. Mm-hmm. So do so. But that she has a, a sectional couch. And I dare say she has worn a, uh, the equator in it. There's a divide where she kind of perches and watches her Netflix when she's not working. She's a nurse, so she's on her feet four billion hours a day. Bless her heart. And uh, so I don't get as comfortable as I could. Mm. 
The other problem, too, is if, you know, she leaves her, her tobacco spitter out on the coffee table, the German shepherd comes by at 3 a.m. and <laughs> bats that thing around. I got a good story about sleeping on the couch here before we get out. My roommate, uh, he's a middle school teacher. Oh, is this the... Uh, no. Yeah, a couple oh, no. weeks ago. Yeah. I, I don't think I've told this on the air before. Um, but a couple weeks ago, he falls asleep on the couch. Intruder. Intruder. Yeah, and, and he's the, I'm, I'm, I'm about to go to bed, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to wake him up and be like, hey, go to bed. Like, you're going to be a lot happier if you wake up with a charged phone in your own bed tomorrow morning mm-hmm. as opposed to my roommate heading out the door and be like, oh, you need to be to school in 20 minutes. Sure. So anyway, do the right thing. He's got a new dog, though, and I know we're up against a shot clock here, so I'm going to try to speed up the story. New dog. This new dog is not a fan of me. It's asleep next to him. As soon as I walk into the living room, which, like, the lights are on, um, this dog starts, like, growling at me uh, and then eventually barks at me. And as I'm, like, leaned over my roommate, Darren, about to wake him up, this dog barks, and it, like, wakes him up with a start. And, like, in his own mental image, it's somebody leaned over him with his dog barking at them in the middle of the night. And he wakes up in fight-or-flight mode and more on the fight side. So it, like, wakes up with a primal scream <laughs> as he kicks me in the head, like absolutely smashes the side of my head and like like stands up, like it's about to square up with me. Like I can tell in his eyes, there's no recognition. It's still half asleep brain. Like he is getting ready to swing on me. And in the back of my head, I'm not, I'm not too worried about him. A, I know I could take him. Sorry, Darren, if you're out there listening, it's true. <laughs> wow. A, I know I could take him. B, I know he would come to his senses in a second. What concerned me was right behind me is my our third roommate. Uh, he's behind me, and I'm concerned that he's going to wake up, hear the screaming in the living room, and assume that there's an intruder, and just come out swinging as well. And now it's a two-front war. You're in trouble. Like, like I'm fighting one guy who's yeah, half yeah. awake swinging at me, and then a roommate coming at me from behind. I was in trouble. Luckily, it was all fine. We hugged it out. There was, like, a nice moment afterwards where it was just who's like, Who's this scary, creepy sorry. guy in a mustache that's got his <laughs> hand on my wallet? Reminder to get buckled up. Hands on the wheel, eyes in my straight ahead the driver's got one job that's to drive and buckle up a message from the nebraska department of highway safety office talk to you tomorrow morning a huda media production